Hello, and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast where I've been drinking and Ryan has the plague. I'm Emily. And I'm Ryan, with the plague. What's up, guys? Hi, everyone. Sorry I sound like a booger, because I am one. Uh, (laughs) We're actually doing this over Skype because Portland is frozen over and I don't want to get the plague. Yeah, you don't want this. I think I'm more mucus than I am in person at this point. Oh, delicious. It is the holiday season, and we have decided to teach you guys a little bit about holidays, Christmas-specific traditions around the world, not all the holidays. We don't know shit about Kwanzaa or yeah. that other one, Hanukkah. I don't know crap about Kwanzaa. Um, if you know crap about Kwanzaa, please email us. <laughs> Email me your crap about Kwanzaa. <laughs> uh, that's actually the title of our new podcast, Crap About Kwanzaa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to be talking a lot this episode because of the plague and also because I have the good mic. Yeah. Um, very warm right now. That is, it's probably the whiskey. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the fever. <laughs> so where are we starting? Um, Yule, which means I have to do all the talking first, which is good. I'll wear my voice out and then be done. Yes, and then I'll try to pronounce Icelandic names and talk about some scary stuff. And I'll giggle at you the whole time. Fantastic. Okay, so everybody, buckle in for Yule. <laughs> it's oh, Yule-tastic. My- yeah, I don't know what Yule requires. You're drinking straight out of a bottle of Fireball right now. It's <laughs> good shit, people. Yule. All right. Whew. Yule is an old holiday. It's really old. Um, it was before Christmas. Uh, my brain doesn't work right now, so this is going to be really fun. Um, Yule is old. Um, basically, it was a tradition that was celebrated on the winter solstice every year. And a lot of Christmas traditions are actually derived out of traditions that were common in Yule festivals. And it was celebrated by pagans. There was another version. It wasn't Yule, but uh, in ancient Rome, they celebrated something called Saturnalia. And that was essentially sort of a precursor to Yule, which ended up being the precursor to modern day Christmas. Um, So in early days, actually, Christians had kind of a soft spot for pagans. They found them very interesting because they did weird things. Uh, A lot of, there were a lot of different groups that were categorized under pagans, but Christian missionaries didn't really care. And so they just kind of lumped them all together into a giant group called pagan. So it's hard to really narrow a lot of the traditions down to a specific place or time. Um, However, it's clear that Christians of this time were very interested in paganism, and a lot of people think that it's because um, they didn't really see it as a bad thing, but more as something that was worth remembering. It was like, they viewed them as like their ancestors, although they just kind of stole the Christmas traditions. Really? I thought it was because they wanted to come up with something around the same time so that followers of Christian beliefs didn't, like, celebrate pagan holidays because, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're totally getting there. Um, that's more, I just mean more that's why Christians didn't immediately hate pagans for not being Christians. They were like, huh, you guys are interesting. You remind us of our, like, old school roots before we had civility or whatever, huh. you know, like, 
they viewed them as like these ancestral it's like a tribe like grandpa yeah like oh grandpa like at first they were kind of fond of paganism and they were like okay shut up now we're gonna take your traditions our way um what is that's how christmas came to be (laughs) so even to this day since christians didn't hate pagans right off the bat like christians did to a lot of other religions cough cough judaism um oh oh um, throw in shade throw in shade and maybe some snot. Throwing uh, <laughs> snot. So that's why a lot of pagan traditions actually still stick around, even though Christianity took hold of the holiday. Um, they wanted to celebrate something on the winter solstice as well. A lot of morale was low in the winter. It was cold and miserable, and they needed a reason to feast, and they needed to find a way to make it about God, so they pretended it was God's birthday, even though a big, fat fucking lie. Wasn't he born in the spring, Jesus, that is? Oh, I don't know. I don't know when he was. I wasn't there. How old do you think I am? Um, Regarding by how you look right now, so old. I don't know. I think I think ponytail on top of my head makes me look coming young. See, I've got kind of a what's the who in the grin? Cindy Lou Who. I look like Cindy Lou Who. Really weird side fact, but when I was in elementary school and I saw the Grinch for the first time, I loved Cindy Lou Who, and I made my mom do my hair like Cindy Lou Who to go to school. I've actually met Taylor Momsen, who played Cindy Lou Who, and she is a bitch. Aww. Beside the point, so... The point is, I make a way cuter Cindy Lou Who, and I'm only kind of a bitch. Truth. So Jesus was probably born in the spring. You weren't there to see it. No, Jesus was not born on Christmas, you big fat liars. So a lot of the pagan practice of bringing greenery indoors to decorate, uh, is, that's, a, that's a pagan thing. So Christmas trees, uh, reeds, flowers, like the fact that you put so much weird outdoor stuff inside. Outdoor stuff. <laughs> Outdoor stuff inside, that's a pagan thing. Pagans were very into nature and a lot of their practices surrounded nature. I don't know, flip this thing. <laughs> Tickle my forehead. Uh, you know what? I just realized that you're probably at some point going to screenshot this for your Twitter or something, and I'm going to look like this in it. Continue. Um, Good. Anyway, even um, the modern day Santa Claus is a descendant of England's Father Christmas. Um, and that is something that was also kind of taken out of a pagan tradition. They had to kind of personify Yule because there were so many, you know, like pagans, they were a lot about nature and gods and goddesses, and they didn't so much have like a central figure. Whereas in Christianity, that's a big thing is to have a face. Yes. To it, you know, like the, they depict Jesus all the time and, you know, Father Christmas, they had pictures of him all the time. So Santa Claus is just a direct descendant of Christians, I guess personification of Yule. That's kind of where that came from. Yeah. Um, so, Father Christmas was not originally a gift giver. That's a modern day thing. Um, I think it also came a little bit from St. Nicholas because that's what we also call Santa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think looks why they got that from Father Christmas. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about St. Nicholas later, so just... Yeah. So anyway, the reason that the Christians took took over Yule is because, like I said, they, oh, I just splashed myself with water. Um, <laughs> they wanted to celebrate in the middle of winter because it's a natural time for feast because 
there's nothing left to be done in the fields. You have all of this food. You're bored. You're cold. You're tired. Your life sucks. And so the days are shorter, so you need something yeah. to make it not. Complete you need balls. a reason for people to not kill themselves. Um, so yeah, that's why we celebrate Christmas. Is so you don't. <laughs> you're welcome. So that explains a lot of the origins of stuff that we do today. Um, do we want to talk about weird things in other countries? <sighs> A little bit more about why the Christians took Christmas. I have to talk about the Puritans who hated it. Oh, God, I forgot about them. Yeah, okay. So, actually, it turns out that the church was kind of slow to embrace Christmas for hundreds of years, actually, um, because they never really thought that they needed to celebrate it. Um, And even uh, Puritans, actually, uh, really, really hated the holiday. Catholics eventually accepted it and started to use it, but the Protestants were very... Um, what they liked to do was basically celebrate Christmas in a really rowdy, rambunctious way to make fun of it. Um, and that ended up just actually, everyone was like, well, you're making fun of it, but that actually looks hella fun. And so that's why Christmas is like this big, overblown thing that it is. Aside from the like corporate money, that whole thing we're not even going to get into. But, the, you know, Christmas is so important to a lot of people because the Puritans made it really fun. It's funny because they were actually just making fun of Christmas and they hated it all together. Uh, yeah, because it was too flamboyant and Puritans didn't, they aren't flamboyant people. No, definitely not. But uh, they are the biggest assholes that I've ever seen after all the stuff we did for the um, witch trials. Mm-hmm. And I watched oh, yeah. the witch a bunch of times and they're just horrible. Oh yeah, sure. Um, turns out gifts are actually a new and surprisingly controversial tradition, although I've never heard anyone complain about getting I've gifts. never complained about gifts. Nope. Uh, I've complained about having to buy them for other people. Well, yes, uh, but... Which is weird, just because I think gift-giving is so intrinsically tied to Christmas. It's actually, like, not really all that related to Christmas in the grand scheme. It actually started in the 1800s when Queen Victoria got Christmas Eve gifts for her kids um, and her husband. Um, and then that kind of started the whole thing. That's that's where the gift giving came from. Which is Queen Victoria was like, here, I love my kids. I'm rich as fuck. Take a toy. <laughs> like, I wish I was rich as fuck. And so they gave people toys when they couldn't afford it. And ta-da, Christmas. That's a, wow. Yeah, it's fantastic. So uh, English royalty is the reason that we have to buy people presents. Yes, exactly. You can Queen Victoria for that bullshit. I mean, English royalty is the reason that we do a lot of stuff, like get divorced and wear face powder. and. Well, thank God for them. What would I be without my divorce and face powder? I know. Those are like pillars of my life. They are. All face the divorce. Powder. Right now it's just face powder, divorce, and you kiss. <laughs> That's my existence. <laughs> So we talked about the Puritans, we talked about gift-giving. Is there anything else that we should know about the origins of, like, standard Christmas traditions? I do have a couple, if you want to hear them. I do. Let's talk about Christmas trees. So the Christmas trees actually derive from several solstice traditions. Um, the Romans actually originally decorated the halls, decked the halls, <laughs> with, they decked the halls with garlands of laurel and placed candles and live trees. Which <laughs> heck of dangerous, don't do it. Do uh, not put live candles in your tree. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's how 
I assume a lot of Victorian houses burnt to the ground. Yeah, um, they probably deserved it because they put actual fucking candles in their fucking trees. So, um, yeah, they deserved it. The hard Fs on those fucks really drove your point home. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. I've, I've, <laughs> in Scandinavia, they hung apples from evergreen trees at the winter solstice to remind themselves that spring and summer will come again. <laughs> Don't give up hope. The sun will come out. Tomorrow? Not tomorrow. <laughs> Next day. Some days after that. Like, apples were Scandinavians' groundhogs. Yeah, basically. And anyway, the reason that we have our Christmas trees are all um, what do you call evergreen trees is because that was really special um, to the sun god of Baldur. So we're actually celebrating Baldur in uh, Baldur? Baldur. 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 Isn't that one of the dwarves from The Hobbit? Well, he liked evergreen trees, and then we put him in our house, so I guess we're celebrating his life. So the gift giving, like I said, toys and stuff is new to the 1800s, but in ancient Rome they would actually exchange like fruits and stuff, and they would call them cite. Cite? I don't know. You're the Latin speaker. I, I can't see the word, so I can't tell you. X e t a e. Cite. Cite. I don't, I don't know. know. Fruit. It means lucky fruit. <laughs> also, this- a good name to call your dudes balls. Your lucky fruits. Your little lucky fruits. <laughs> and a female, let us know what lucky fruit your boyfriend's balls are. Um, just make sure that he doesn't use that as an excuse to give them to you for Christmas. <laughs> Only if there's a bow on him. <laughs> Not even. He <laughs> dressed up like Santa. Oh. Ew. It has um, a beard and... Yeah, exactly. So, um... And I might be asking for a kiss. Speaking of kissing, mistletoe. Like that segue? <laughs> uh, mistletoe is an ancient druid custom. Druid basically meaning that you worship nature and trees, the version of paganism. Uh, mistletoe is considered a, a divine plant, and it symbolized love and peace. And the tradition of kissing under it is druid in origin. So mistletoe is directly out of... Ah! Ah, the cat! Sorry, guys, my cat just jumped up on my desk. Goose, no. So, mistletoe kissing, druids. Yes, it's fantastic. Um, also, Mithros? That one. There's a Persian god, and his name was Mithras, and the uh, whole celebrating... Christmas on the 25th is actually Mithras's birthday. I think I'm saying that wrong. Feast day? What? It's his feast day. Gods and saints have feast days, not birthdays. Uh, My notes say birthday, but I think for me it's the same thing. (laughs) Um, In October, we'll wish Ryan a very happy feast day. Yes, please, and feed me good food. (laughs) So basically the Pope at the time decided to make Jesus's official birthday coincide with Mithras's birthday because people were already celebrating on that day, and then he could just go on and be like, you're not celebrating Mithas, you meant Jesus. <laughs> so every time someone was like, happy feast day Mithras, you went, oh, Jesus, until it stuck. Um, so that's where Christmas came from. Good work, Christians. Also stockings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my segues, I have none today. 
Um, I could try and do segues, but they're not going to make sense. Kids put their socks on windowsills um, in Scandinavia and Germanic areas. Um, and the figure Odin would actually come and uh, fill up the socks with little candies and rewards for um, filling up boots full of carrots that they left near the door to feed the flying horse that Odin rode. If you don't know who it's, Odin is, it's um, Anthony Hopkins God. in the Thor movies. Yeah, yeah, Norse, Norse God. Um, he rode a magic horse, and magic horse would eat carrots out of boots, um, which is the whole, like, leaving cookies and milk for Santa. It used to be that you left carrots and straw and sugar for the horse. I actually used to leave um, Little Caesar's breadsticks for the elves. That is amazing. I bet they get hella, hella appreciated it because they probably get really sick of cookies. I don't know why it was specifically Little Caesar's crazy bread. I think that might have been because that was, like, four-year-old me's favorite food. And you're like, it must be the elves, too. I mean, I mean wouldn't you like to get off a cold sleigh and <sighs> and come into a house to, like... I don't even think Santa brings the elves with him. Oh, they stay at the factory in the North Pole. They never get to leave. And do you think... Santa was bringing that crazy bread back. Hell no, he was eating it himself. Ah, oh, bastard. Man, what a bastard. Uh, also, last one I'm going to talk about, and then we can get into world traditions. Candy canes actually have different meanings depending on who you ask where it came from. Uh, I think most common and probably most accurate is that it was made to be like a shepherd's cane. Ah. I like um, but when I was little, I was given a book that talked about the history of the candy cane, and they said it was actually an upside-down J for Jesus. But if you turn it upside-down, like, if you turn a cross upside-down, doesn't it mean, like, Satan? So what did an upside-down J for Jesus basically mean they're, like, Satan sticks? What? <laughs> what did that make sense? <laughs> you think any upside-down, it means the opposite. Like, if you put a American flag upside-down, it's anti-America, or an upside-down cross is anti-Jesus. So an upside-down J for Jesus would mean Satan. So candy canes are Satan sticks. <laughs> Everyone who's over there sucking on their candy cane, you know who you're really celebrating. Oh. Ew. Satan sticks. Ew. You ruined Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Um, okay. Do we want to talk about different countries and what they do? Yeah. Um, let's talk about Iceland, because that has a lot to do with Yule, which is something we talked about. Where the fuck are the first part of my Iceland notes? Um, oh, I know where my notes are. Hold, please. My foot's asleep. This is going to be fun. Do it. Like your ass says bad habit. <laughs> I found it. Whole leg asleep. Okay. In Iceland, they celebrate as a custom the coming of the Yulsvenir. Oh wait, I gotta pull up your notes so I can put these words with you. Yulsvenir. Uh, I don't know. Let me see if I have an Icelandic accent today. I did last time we tried this. I don't know that I'm going to also have it today. Hold, please. Almost there. I like how we didn't even explain why 
we didn't have an episode last week. I mean, I did, but... We can add it in. Um, we didn't have an episode last week because I went to edit the episode and it was gone. Alright, I'm gonna go with Yola's Vandenier. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um, so the Yola's Vandenier, as a white person trying to say this, um, or the Yuletide Lads, which is my what? favorite holiday-themed boy band. <laughs> Yuletide Lads. My personal favorite song by them is Quit Playing Games with My Reindeer. That was a Backstreet Boys joke. So, they are magical people who come from the mountains in Iceland on each day from December 12th to Yule Eve. Uh, a different Yuletide lad comes every day. Uh, they first came into Iceland in the 17th century as the sons of... Fuck. Oh, wait... Rulia and Lepalula. Why does that have those accents on it? Rila and Lepalua. I don't know. Uh, they were child-eating, bloodthirsty ogres. Delicious. Yeah, those kids. So, so tasty. So tender, mild. Much like baby Jesus. <laughs> well, he was a child. So. <laughs> uh, additionally, the Yuletide lads are often depicted with the Yule cat, a beast that, according to folklore, eats children who don't receive new clothes for Christmas. Which I think makes a really good case for my family to get me that Dodgers jersey this year. Yeah, you heard her, Emily's family. <clears throat> but also, I just want to point out that as a kid, getting clothes in your Christmas presents was always, like, the most disappointing thing. Because clothes were what your parents liked. You didn't give a crap about the clothes, you just wanted the toys. I don't know if it was like that for you, but I hated getting clothes. No, it, it was until I was, like, 10 or 11 when I started to care about what I put on myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, the Yuletide lads were originally portrayed as being mischievous or even criminal pranksters who would steal from, or in other ways, harass people. Hold on, there's a bus. I know, Lucy. Alright, bus is gone. So, the Yuletide lads were originally portrayed as being mischievous or even criminal pranksters who would steal from, or in other ways, harass the population. At the time, it was mostly rural farmers. Um, they all had district res- descriptive descriptive names that conveyed their M.O. Um, so here are 13 of the most common names of the Yuletide lads, which I'm going to let Ryan try to pronounce, and I'll tell you what they did. Uh, let's see. Skakyar Thor. Uh, Gimpy. If oh, I remember my notes correctly, he would chase after pigs and sheep, but he had a peg leg. Uh, <laughs> um, Gilgagaur. Which means gully imp. I don't know what that means. Super. Itty bitty. He's small. What is that symbol? That's not a letter. I think it's a P. But the one below it's a P. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Borish Laker. Pot Scraper Liquor. Not to be confused with Potus Laker. Which is Pot Liquor. Or and... Ask <laughs> What? Ask Liquor. <laughs> Which means <laughs> bowl liquor. Which does not mean ass liquor. <laughs> I don't know. Bowl is really close to bowel. Oh, it might mean ass liquor. They might have just forgot the E. Uh, moving on. Curl scaler. Door slammer. Skier gummer. Uh, skier gobbler. Skier being an Icelandic yogurt. 
Bug the Cracker. Which was my nickname in high school. <laughs> it means sausage snatcher. Flugagager. <laughs> Window peeper. Gadifer. Doorway sniffer. <laughs> Why is he sniffing doorways? Cat crooker. Meat hooker. <laughs> Does that mean they hooked meats or they were a hooker? Made of meat. Uh, they would steal meats with hooks. Uh, and then the last one was Kurta Sneaker. Uh, candle beggar. And this is actually one that would chase after children carrying candles to, like, go from place to place because candles were made of tallow, which was edible animal fat. Oh, um, the Yuletide lads like to eat. That's their big thing. Or lick ass. Or... Um, so they're now thought of as playful imps or elves who like to eat a lot and play tricks on people. Um, they leave presents for children in shoes that have been placed on the windowsill. Uh, the children have been naughty. They might leave a rotten potato or a message telling them to be good. They start going home on Christmas Day with the last one leaving on... Twelve days after Christmas? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, presents might also be brought by Yolesvane, or Yule Man... That's when the Yule lads grow up. Yes, they become Yule men. <laughs> There's a whole ceremony. Yeah. Um, what's that Britney Spears song? Not a Yule lad, not yet a Yule man. <laughs> uh, it's tradition in Iceland <laughs> that everybody has a new piece of clothing for Yule and also a book. Children traditionally receive a candle or sometimes a pack of cards. They're between Yule Lad and Yule Man. Would they be an adolescent? Oh shit! You <laughs> <laughs> <still> got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, in the same vein of gifts being left in shoes, um, in a place. Which one? Just a place. St. Nicholas leaves treats in, in shoes. Um, but why don't we talk about why the, the Netherlands have a racist holiday figure? Oh, yeah. Tell me about, um, what's his name? Black Zwart Peter. Pete. Uh, there's a traditional character in... What's the word for something that's from the Netherlands? Dutch. Nor- Norwegian? No, that's Norway. What are we talking about? The Netherlands. They're Dutch. Dutch. So in Dutch tradition, there's um, Zwart Piet or Black Peter. You can see where this is going. Uh, the character first appeared in its current form in an 1850 book by Jan Schenkman. Uh, traditionally, Black Peter is said to be black because he is a Moor from Spain. Those portraying... Black Peter typically put on blackface makeup and colorful renaissance attire in addition to curly wigs, red lipstick, and earrings. My god. Yes. Uh, in recent years, the character has, been, has become the subject of controversy, especially in the Netherlands. I wonder why. The tasks of Black Peter are mostly to amuse children and to scatter crudnoten, peppernoten, and strugoid. I pronounced that wrong. Uh, they're Stinterklaus sweets. So, Christmas 
treats. He visits schools, stores, other places. There's actually a figure that's a lot like him in Austrian mythology, but we're going to talk about him later because he's a big thing. Um, You know him. You love him. It's Krampus. Oh, yeah. Um, Can we go to Mexico? Yeah, we can go to Mexico. Okay. Mexico. Feliz Navidad. Um. (laughs) Or if you're a sheep, Fleece Navidad. (laughs) In 1828, an American man went to Mexico. Actually, probably a lot of American men went to Mexico in 1828. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. One specifically brought back a red and green plant, and its coloring was very appropriate for our holidays, and the man decided to name the plant after himself, uh, and the plant is called a poinsettia. Oh. After Joel R. Poinsett. We just added an ia. I don't know. It's a lady um, plant. But it took very little time. As early as 1830, so only two years after bringing it back, it was seen in greenhouses all over the place. And in 1870, New York stores actually began to sell them at Christmas. By 1900, it was a universal symbol of the holiday. And all because this one American man brought it back and said, hey, look, pretty flower. And they said, it's Christmas. Just a note, uh, poinsettias are poisonous to plant and not plants to animals um cats dogs if they eat them you're fucked so if, if you have animals don't put poinsettias just don't put poinsettias in your home anyway because they're tacky <laughs> i think they're also uh poisonous to children as well so anything- uh, <laughs> me too. that sounded like a big agreement like yeah no poinsettias can we just quit making that a thing? They're ugly, okay? Wait, you study is please. So that's Mexico. Um, let's just pick. We're picking at random. That's what's happening. Ah, I'm going in order. I don't know about you. Oh, I have a little bit more about Mexico. I didn't scroll down. Ooh. <laughs> so uh, in Mexico, they hit paper mache sculptures called pinatas, which everyone knew. Um that were filled with candy and coins and hung from the ceiling. Um, that actually was like a Christmas thing in Mexico. I think piñatas are all holiday thing in Mexico. I think so too, but also Christmas. <laughs> um, in Greenland, uh, people, oh, so gross, uh, prepare a traditional Christmas dish called matok. It's a whale skin with a strip of blubber inside. It's supposed to taste like fresh coconut and is often too tough to chew and is usually swallowed. Another Christmas food is kiviak, which is the raw flesh of little ox, a type of arctic bird, which have been buried, I said it right this time, buried whole in seal skin for several months until they have reached an advanced stage of decomposition. That's disgusting and it sounds dangerous. In Rotten Bird, yeah. Yeah, I'd say. In France, they call Christmas Noel. Um, the French phrase, les bonnes nouvelles. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I don't speak French. Which means the good news and refers to the gospel. So they're extra godly over in France. Of course um, they are. Yeah, and some southern France areas, they burn a log in their homes from Christmas Eve till New York, New York's, New Year's Day. Which is uh, hell dangerous to just burn a log 24-7 for 10 days straight. 
That's a lot of smoke. I guess chimneys exist. Still, I mean, that also, it says a log. It does not say a collection of logs. So to keep one log going that long seems unlikely. I call bullshit, France. I call bullshit on a lot of French things, but we're not going to talk about that. I call bullshit Christians. Yeah. So that's France. In England, um, the Christmas tree was first popularized by Prince Albert, the husband of Queen Victoria. Uh, he was, is, yes. Hmm, yes. Um, he was German and thought it would be good to use one of his ways of celebrating Christmas in England. Which, yeah, it's nice. So in Wales, they have this thing called... Oh, fuck. I've had too many shots to be able to do Welsh. Um, Mari Weed, where they cart around a mare's skull on a stick and sing Christmas carols. Oh, the custom was first recorded in 1800, with subsequent accounts of it being produced into the early 20th century. According to these, the Marley... Marley... Mari Luid... Weed? Fuck. If you're Welsh and you're listening to this, I deeply apologize. <laughs> Iceland can eat a dick, apparently. I... <laughs> anyway, the tradition was performed at Christmas by groups of men, because men... Uh, they would form into teams and accompany the horse on its travels around the local area, and although the makeup of such groups varied, it typically included an individual to carry the horse, a leader, and individuals dressed as stock, stock characters such as Punch and Judy. Uh, that means there would be a man in a dress. The team would carry the horse skull to local houses where they would request entry through the medium of song. The householders would be expected to deny them entry again through song, and then the two sides would continue their response to one another in this manner. If the householders eventually relented, the team would be permitted entry and given food and drink. That's terrifying. Um, if you come to my door and sing for entrance, and I tell you no, and you continue to argue, I will kick you in the throat. And no, my no will not be in song. No! Get the fuck off my porch! <laughs> We're working on a new Christmas album together. It'll be out next year. <laughs> yep. Um, children in England sometimes leave out mince pies and brandy for Father Christmas to eat and drink when he visits them. So, kind of like the cookies and stuff. Um, although now people say that a non-alcoholic beverage should be left for Santa because he has to drive. Oh, a bunch of... <laughs> Don't be a bitch. Don't drink and slay. I mean, you can drink and slay, but you can't drink and, like, which slay. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Christmas cake, which is traditionally a rich fruit cake covered in marzipan and icing, is traditional in England. And sometimes they have, like, Christmas-themed cake decorations on top. They also have the Christmas pudding, which is served on Christmas Day. Um, the big thing with that is how it's prepared. Every member of the family, especially the kids, has to stir the mix clockwise while making a wish. And earlier traditions included putting a coin in the mix, which brings wealth to whoever finds it in their serving. Other additions include a ring for luck in marriage and a thimble for good luck in life. Um, yes, all of those things also bring a trip to the emergency room when you swallow them and have trouble pooping them out. Well, you have to be aware that there's, you know stuff in your cake. They do it in New Orleans during Mardi Gras every year. They put a little plastic baby in the cake, call it king cake, and whoever gets the baby is lucky. It also sounds like a choking hazard, and the same reason they ban Kinder Eggs. Okay, Kinder Eggs 
Should never okay. have been banned. About Kinder Eggs. I fucking love Kinder Eggs. Um, so if we move across, I don't know what the fuck is se- like separating England from Ireland, other than very strong wills. If we move over whatever that is, in Ireland, there's a very old tradition called Wren Boys Procession, Wren like the bird. Uh, it takes place on St. Stephen's Day, which is December 26th. And this goes back to ancient times when a real wren was killed and carried around in a holly bush. Some processions still take place, but no wren is hunted or used. Uh, Young men and women dress up in homemade costumes and go from house to house carrying a long pole with a holly bush tied to its top and singing a rhyme about a wren. Sometimes they are accompanied by violins, accordions, harmonicas, and horns. So, like, all of the instruments that you don't want roaming the streets. This is terrible. That sounds awful. They I'm might ashamed. as well have someone playing a recorder. I am ashamed to be Irish right now. <laughs> See, Scotland uh, doesn't do anything weird. My people are safe. Yeah, there you go. Um, in Ukraine, they also do a really big feast. Um, a 12-course meal, which is insane. Wait for the courses. And the family's youngest child has to watch through the window for the evening star to appear as they let the feast begin. Everyone's staring at the youngest kid, waiting for him to go, Star! They can run to the table. That sounds good. Everybody move! Move! Where's the turkey? I think it was a way to babysit the youngest kid and be like, You can't move. You have to sit right here and stare out of the window while I prepare this bullshit 12-course meal that you're not even going to like. Some people could like it, not the person making it, because after you cook something, you never want it. No, exactly, and also not the youngest child, because they have shit taste. (laughs) Um, in Sweden, Sweden, around Christmas, they have uh, a really big celebration called St. Lucia's Day, um, or St. Lucy's Day, which is December 13th. Um, the celebration comes from stories that were told by monks who first brought Christianity to Sweden. Uh, St. Lucy was a young Christian girl who was martyred, killed for her faith, in 304. The year 304. Not Uh, no. The most common story told about her is that she would secretly bring food to persecuted Christians in Rome who lived hiding in the catacombs under the city, and she would wear candles on her head so that she had both hands free for carrying things. Um... Appropriately enough, the name Lucy means light. Uh, Lucy was killed. Uh, She was martyred by having her eyes gouged out. So most depictions of her include her eyes in a little tray that she's holding. Ew. I've dressed up as her before for my uh, Catholic school's All Saints Day party. And I definitely was carrying around like a plastic margarita glass filled with chocolate eyes. You were definitely the coolest kid at your Catholic school. Well, yeah, because everyone else was Catholic. Yeah. Um, They celebrate St. Lucy's Day in Denmark, Norway, Finland, Bosnia, and Croatia. In Denmark, it's more of a children's day. In some parts of Italy, they're told that St. Lucy brings them presents, so they leave out a sandwich for her and a donkey that helps carry the gifts. Um, In this... There's a city in Sweden where ah. a huge what? So there's a Christmas ass involved? There's a Christmas ass who eats sandwiches. Sandwich eating Christmas ass. I found my new tradition. <laughs> uh, well, there's a city in Sweden where they constructed a a straw goat. Um, 
It's built every year for the start of Advent, which is the 12 days leading up to Christmas. It's 13 meters or 43 feet tall and takes two days to put together. has a large metal structure on the inside that's covered with straw, um, starting in 1966. The first Yule goat was burnt down on New Year's Eve in 1966, and ever since it's been the largest target for vandals. It's In its 50-year history, it's only survived through two Christmas seasons. Um, no, it's only survived through Christmas seasons 12 times. In 2016, its 50th year, it was burnt down in less than two days. Wow. That's a great tradition. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Can I do Greece? Ooh, Greece. Yes, Greece. Um, much like the Yule Lads, they have something similar, but instead they're just called Calaconsari. Because um, that's easier to pronounce. Maybe. I'm also probably pronouncing it wrong. But basically they're goblins that appear during the 12 days of Christmas to cause mischief. Um, and then they exchange gifts on January 1st, which is St. Basil's Day for Basil. Basil. <laughs> you are Saint- putting him on a salad. St. Basil. <laughs> both eat up. He's the patron saint of pizzas. He is indeed the saint of basil. Um, he also has a day on which you open presents in Greece. Uh, oh, nice. So um, in Norway, they have a really cute tradition. It's the big Christmas tree that Norway gives to the UK every year. And it's a thank you for the help that the people of the UK gave to Norway during World War II. Uh, the tree stands in Trafalgar? square in the middle of London and often hundreds of people come out to watch the lights being turned on. That's yeah, that's cute. Um, yeah. So... In Central America, they do the whole like manger scene thing that's like their primary decoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, St. Francis of Assisi yes. created the first living nativity in 1224 to help explain the birth of Jesus to his followers. Again, the birth of Jesus was bullshit because it didn't happen on Christmas. Yeah, there's a lot of plot holes in that story, but if people want to believe it, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about Catalan and the shitting log. Okay. And then Krampus, if there's anything that you want to put between those two, like Poland. Yeah, I can put Poland between those, and that's the end of my notes. Cool. Right, so this is one of my favorites. Um, In Catalan, which is in Spain, um, they have a tradition called the Tío de Nadal. It's a hollow log about 30 centimeters long. Uh, More recently, it has come to stand up on two or four stick legs with a smiley face painted on it and a little red sock hat. Um, and often a three-dimensional nose. Those accessories have been added only in recent times. It was more rough, natural, dead piece of wood previously. Uh, Beginning with the Feast of the Immaculate Conception on December 8th, which doesn't make sense on my timeline for the Immaculate Conception, but I'm going to let it slide. I don't know. Jesus would have had to have been conceived nine months before Christmas, which is in March, so whatever. So, people give the Tio, which is the log, a little bit to eat every night and cover him with a blanket so he won't be cold. Uh, The story goes that in the days preceding Christmas, children must take good care of the log, keeping it warm and feeding it so that it will poop presents on Christmas Day. (laughs) (laughs) That is disturbing. 
I just can't imagine the log, like, pooping out a PS4 or something. Well, we'll get to that. On Christmas Day, or Christmas Eve sometimes, one puts the T.O. partly into the fireplace and orders it to defecate. Poop, damn it! <laughs> the fire part of the tradition is no longer as widespread as it once was since many modern homes don't have fireplaces. Um, to make it defecate, they beat the T.O. with a stick while singing various songs about it. Tradition says that before beating the T.O., all the kids have to leave the room and go to another place in the house to pray, asking for it to deliver a lot of presents. This is a pretty good excuse for parents to, you know, shove presents up the log. Um, (laughs) The T.O. does not drop larger objects, as those are considered to be brought by the three wise men on the Feast of the Epiphany, which is on January 6th. Um, that's when the wise men came to see Jesus because it took them like a week to get to Jesus because they were coming from far away. Anyway, so it leaves candies, nuts, cookies, depending on the region. It may also give out dried figs, which is what's better than a dead log pooping out something that looks like a butthole. Um, When it has nothing left to give, it drops a salt herring, a head of garlic, and an onion, or it urinates by leaving a bowl of water. What comes out of the T.O. is communal rather than an individual gift and is shared by everybody. That sounds like a bullshit. It's actually a log shit tradition, Ryan. I don't want to share my log shit with the whole group. (laughs) I want to do Yada style. It's like, whatever you catch, you keep. Um, well, let's bring things back into, like, regular people life and go to Poland, uh, where their traditions are much more mild, such as... Would you say they're a- also tender? They are. They are indeed. No, I would say the Poles are less than tender. Um, <laughs> mild, but not tender. Okay. Yes. Um... They set an extra seat at the table. Um, depending on who you ask, some say that it's reserved for Jesus. Um, others say that it's just empty for people who pass by and have nowhere to go, and you're supposed to invite homeless people in, like a thing, I guess. Um, they also bless their food. Um, so, like, so my boyfriend's mom is from Poland. She moved here when she was in her 20s, I think. I think she was like 20 or 21. Um, so we celebrate Christmas in a very Polish way, and every Christmas she takes a little basket full of, like, cured meats and boiled eggs and fruits and crackers and, like, just, like, little snacky stuff, um, very Polish snacky stuff, um, and gets it blessed by the priest? Yes. Or priest in the Catholic Church? I don't know. Yes, we have priests. Whatever it is. The holy man at the local Catholic Church. <laughs> Um, blesses it, and then at dinner time, everyone has to take one item out of the basket and eat it. They also do a thing where you have to take unleavened bread that tastes like styrofoam and break it into little pieces and trade it with everyone in the house while giving them good wishes for the new year, and then you have to hug them, and it's very weird. Yeah, I don't like hugging people on a good day. I don't either. I also don't like feeding them styrofoam. Um... Well, that's Poland. Yeah. Um, so we're going to close out by talking about 
a Christmas tradition that's become really, really popular in the last couple years, um, which I did an okay amount of research on, and that is everybody's favorite anti-clause, Krampus. Krampus! Yeah, I actually watched the movie Krampus uh, like three days ago so I could figure out how to pronounce it, and you hit the poos really hard. I don't think it's Krampus. It's Krampus. Krampus. <laughs> I might just say Krampus. Krampus. Um, so Krampus was created as a counterpart to St. Nick. Um, Santa. Uh, St. Nicholas rewards children with sweet. Krampus, in contrast, would, like, swat bad kids and take them away to his lair. So, the, the anti-Santy. It's... <laughs> the anti-Santy. No, the anti-Santy. Anti-Santy. Yeah. Sorry, I fucked it up. Um, yeah, how do you fuck that up? You know what? According to folklore, Krampus shows up in towns the night before December 6th, um, uh, known as Krampusnacht. Or Krampus night. <laughs> See, those German lessons have been paying off. Yay! December 6th also happens to be Nicholas Dog, or St. Nicholas's Day. Um, and that's when German children look outside their door to see if their shoe or boot has been filled with presents, um, or a rod, if they're bad. A rod? A rod. Stick up their own ass? Like, why a rod? A beating stick for their parents to use on them. I don't know. I didn't write this. Bullshit. <sighs> so a more modern take on the tradition in Austria, Germany, Hungary, Slovenia, and the Czech Republic involves drunken men dressed as devils taking over the streets for Krampuslauf, a Krampus run of sorts, when people are chased through the streets by the devils. That sounds awesome. I don't know, it just sounds like drunk men being assholes, but what new? Although Krampus appears in many variations, most share the common physical traits of being hairy, brown or black, and having cloven hooves and horns, like a goat. But he also has a long, pointed tongue and fangs. Delicious. And uh, He carries change, thought to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church. Uh, he thrashes the change for dramatic effect, and sometimes they're accompanied by bells of various sizes. Of the more pagan origins are the rutin, uh, bundles of birch branches that Krampus carries and which he occasionally beats children with. The rutin may have a significance in pre-pagan, uh, pre-Christian pagan initiation rites. Um, the birch branches are replaced with a whip in some representations, and sometimes he appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back to, you know, cart the children off. Huh. In some older versions, they make mention of bad children being put in the bag and taken, but he also can use it to drown children or eat them or just transport them. <sighs> this part of the legend refers to the times when the Moors raided the European coasts as far as Iceland to abduct local people into slavery. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's bordering on being as racist as this, you know, Zwart Pete thing. Yeah. It's right up there. Um, Europeans have been... European. <laughs> Sorry. Europeans have been exchanging greeting cards featuring Krampus since the late 1800s, um, sometimes with Gruß von Krampus, or greetings from Krampus, uh, on them. They have humorous rhymes and poems, and often feature Krampus looming menacingly over children. Um, he is shown as having one human foot and one cloven hoof. 
In some stories, Krampus has sexual overtones and is pictured pursuing curvy ladies. Um, over time, the representation has on the cards have changed. Um, older versions have a more frightening Krampus, while mo- modern versions have a cuter, more Cupid-like creature. Uh, I don't know. Make it more family-friendly. But that's all I have on Krampus. Um, I don't know. Actually, the movie that came out last year was... Like, they did a good job with it. What? That's good. I like the more terrifying version, and I prefer the less sexual one, definitely. Yeah, no one wants a se- sexy Krampus. Um, and yeah. good thing well, is, in that movie, no one's sexy except Adam Scott, so... And there's our celebrity mention for the day. <laughs> I get to meet Ben Kissel tomorrow, so... Well, at least you get to meet Ben Kissel, because it is about goddamn time. I know, right? I made him a scarf. He is going to love your scarf. You need to film reaction to receiving the scarf because I would also like to see that. As would followers. What was that you cut out? Oh, I said I would like to see the reaction to him opening the scarf as would our followers. Um, I will see what I can do. Um, yes, I'm very excited. I hope he doesn't get snowed out because the snow has been ruining everything, including what we're trying to do here. Well, yeah, so it's a distinct possibility. But they're in Seattle right now. Anyway, this is off topic. Um, if you have Christmas traditions that you would like to share with us, you can tell us on Twitter at Afternoonified. Uh, we are also on Instagram at Afternoonified. And then there's our Facebook, facebook.com slash getafternoonified. And we also have a website where you can send us emails about... At some point, we were talking about balls. Um, but there was something about... oh. Let Do not through. send us your balls. Send us your balls on our website, www.getafternoonified.com. You can also donate money with your balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you are listening, we are hosting, yes. I suppose. Um, um, sure to rate and review. You- Yes, reviews and ratings, we like those. It is Christmas, so get generous bitches. Um, um, money and reviews. And this is going to be our last episode until, I believe, the first week in February. We are um, taking a Yeah, we have that gap because of technical issues, and now we're on our season one hiatus, but we will be coming back with a really, really great episode. I'm very excited about it. Actually, we have a couple fun things planned. I- Yes, we do, and one of them actually maybe involves an interview with another human being. Yeah, so it won't just be us. Um, But until next year, happy holidays. Bye! Bye, Carl. Great, bye, him. Bye!